that ability to witness people in the moment, I think is one of the biggest gifts you can give people. And if you're in a role where they're there to shift that, then it's your job to help them shift it. Welcome to the Raw and Wild Hearts, a place where the raw, the unfiltered, the wild hearts gather to celebrate triumphs and hardships, learn from each other, grow together, and break down a culture rooted in fear. We will talk, we will laugh, and we will lean on each other about everyday life experiences that we could all use a little support through, and then we'll bask in the wild, magical beings that we are. My philosophy is that by embracing the dark, we may just let in the light. I am your host, Lori Rising, healer, educator, writer, adventurer, retreat leader, birth defender, an animal enthusiast and activist, along with my wild heart sidekick kitty, Jesus the Brave, we'd like to invite you to get excited about the wild heart revolution. Hello everyone, welcome to today's podcast episode. It's called Revolutionize and Rebuild with holistic business strategist, Sarah M. Chapel. Ooh, (laughs) y'all, I am fired up here. And the reason is that I have been creating my own soul mission business for the past year. And if ever, if ever there is a time that we get confronted head on with the deep subconscious belief systems that were created from a fractured capitalist culture, internalized familial patterns and expectations, and top-down scarcity mindsets, it is in creating sharing, and growing a soul-led business. I gotta say, for as divinely driven as I am, thank you, Star Family, I am equally practical and determined to transform these limiting messages all around us. I mean, come on, the hustle culture, the competition culture, the lack culture, it is everywhere. And it's a full-time job to reframe, align, and transcend that BS messaging. Well, let me introduce you to someone who is out here breaking that mold. She is getting to the heart of why we really strive to grow our businesses in the first place, to live a well life. Let me say that again, to live a well life. Mm, How good does that feel to your cells? To be a human first and foremost, to share our knowledge and gifts with the world, to get down with the truth, our soul, and reality in all that they entail. Her company is here to offer tangible solutions and real honest time results. It's really a no BS platform from the start. And that, my friends, is how we disrupt the even more BS limited belief systems from day to day, person by person. So like I said before, I was a little wildly worked up in this convo. A little, maybe, or a lot. Mm, My passion was on overdrive. But it's because I love what Sarah is creating in the world. I know how powerful we are when we rediscover the flow that is underneath the stagnant conditioning. And I believe we can powerfully revolutionize every part of this physical life And that includes actually enjoying this human ride as we transform deep layers within ourselves through the way that we do create, present, share, 
and believe in all that we bring to this magnificent evolutionary table, whether that's in business, in our healing work, in the way we consume, and in the unique expression of ourselves in this world. And speaking of my soul-led business, where I'm supporting and guiding people into trauma transformation, belief system revolution, and into an intuitive-led embodied experience here and now, I'd love to share a bit of that work with you. I have a powerful free video masterclass called Co-Create with the Universe, where we will shatter much of what a scarcity-driven culture has thrived on us believing, and I even share a beautiful 13-minute meditation at the end. And if that creates a new excitement in your cells, I have much more to offer your unfolding journey, including wildly effective meditation downloads. When you make them a practice, your experience will change. I guarantee it. I do. I really, really do. I have a new monthly membership circle and many digital courses coming out. My quantum leaping Awaken Your Life Force digital course is the evolutionary experience for people that are ready to go all in. If you practice what I'm throwing down in that course with the continual incoming photonic light and energies on the planet, you will move in quantum leaps. So check out my links in the show notes below. See if they inspire action from you here and now. Move the needle and then experience what unfolds. Lastly, thank you so much for being here. If you're new, welcome. So stoked to have you. Definitely check out the library of impactful guests that have raised the roof with their shares and energies here. And if you are receiving some support from these convos, your star rating and review on Apple Podcasts is the best way to support our work and the show's reach. We also love your subscribes, likes, comments, and shares. I know we have filled our lives with what seems like more and more, especially with technology, or even that time seems to be accelerating. But if you take a few seconds to share something you love, you may just change the trajectory of someone else's life in big ways. Like Sarah says today, you never know the reach your impact might have. And with that, on to today's episode. Sarah M. Chapel is the founder of the Holistic Business Academy. Sarah has over 15 years of sales, marketing, and communications experience and has spent the past several years helping hundreds of small business owners grow sustainable, supportive, soul-led businesses. Please welcome Sarah M. Chapel. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for joining the Wild Heart Revolution. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Oh, wow. I mean, I have been going over this several times in the last few weeks because there's so much I want to tap your brain about, your soul, <laughs> your spirit. I mean, I cannot wait to dive into this. I feel like it is going to be huge. But first, I do like to start with a toast or a prayer to the wild heart warriors in our light, especially our dark and in all of our magic and glory. May we continue to elevate consciousness through honesty, humor, humility, gentle care, soul wrenching growth and ownership. And to us and to revolutionizing and rebuilding our world. Cheers. Cheers. 
Mm. Oh my gosh. So where do I start? I'm like tempering myself down right now because I'm just going to first jump in with our history. I like to say where I've come across people, where I've connected with them. This is so wild. And I love it when this happens because I rarely have, you know how it goes when you're in your own business, right? I rarely have the time to actually scroll through social media because I only have the time to post. And I happen to see someone's story that I never had looked at her stories ever in our history of connection. And she had posted about you and money, 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 money. And like, it spoke to me in such a way that was, it was practical. It was real and it was spiritual. And that's everything I'm always trying to look for. It's like, how do we integrate, you know, our, magical divine selves with this actual 3d physical reality that has the construct of money in it. And so that was where I started to take the dive into what you have built, which is the holistic business Academy among so many other things in your life that we're going to get into. And I took the jump and I so rarely take the jump, Sarah. I so rarely do. I just get overwhelmed by all of the noise out there. And the way that you have engaged your audience is the stuff that dreams are made of, (laughs) quite honestly. So let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about the Holistic Business Academy. And I also want to go into your evolution because you started in the corporate world, you moved into the spiritual world, and then you combined, you integrated them for this beautiful manifestation that we all get to now enjoy for our path. So uh, let's dive into that a little bit. Well, thank you for the kind words and sharing how you found me. I am, look, I'm I'm a witch and I I know synchronicity is pretty real, but I still am always kind of bowled over hearing about how many people kind of find us by accident, like through this thing that they never see, or they click on an ad and they've never clicked on an ad before. And it's just that kind of stuff where you're like, you know, I know it stems from kind of the heart of our work and the the care that we put into it that that, you know, both practically and spiritually kind of reverberates out, but it's still so awesome to hear. And I'm so glad that we found each other. So thank you for sharing that with me, first of all. And yeah, you know, the Holistic Business Academy is kind of a culmination of my own efforts to figure out how to have a business. Well, I mean, I should actually back up how to have a life that is sustainable for me in this present moment in time. I am someone with a history of addiction, severe anxiety, depression, um, still have a fair number of mental health and chronic health issues. And when I got sober, um, stopped drinking or kind of committed to that about like six and a half years ago now, um, I figured out like I basically could not hold down a normal job. I was so oversensitized. I was so overwhelmed. I was, it was this like real crisis. It was, it was a real crisis and like initiatory, like wasteland moment for me. And that's when I was in this corporate job and it was my dream job, Lori. It was like, I was the editorial director for this like really very cool, like importer and distributor in the wine industry in New York city. And it was like parties and like gorgeous wines and like great food and like fun people. And it was like way more like working at like a hipster frat house than the real job, which in my twenties seemed great. (laughs) And it was everything I wanted. And it's exactly what drove me to the brink. So when I had to leave that job, I was just like, what the fuck do I do now? 
And that's when I started doing spiritual work. I, my intuition was very magnified when I stopped drinking. Um, and to be clear, for some folks, they're able to drink and take drugs and do all sorts of stuff and still be very intuitive. For me, it was fully a suppressive activity. So I wasn't, it's not surprising looking back that like that opened up for me. And what I started doing was I learned tarot, which I had like, I tapped into all the stuff basically I'd done as a kid. I did tarot, started learning spell work, started discovering witchcraft again and, um, and magic and, and intuition. And eventually started offering those services along with herbalism services. So I started training as an herbalist and have a background in, um, in science and was like really excited about that. And that was all fine and dandy, except everyone kept asking me for help with their businesses, because I think that business experience I had as an editorial director, as a marketer, as a professional communicator came through in my work. So when I created the Holistic Business Academy, it was really to answer the question I was trying to figure out at the beginning of that initiatory wasteland, um, which was, how do I, this, this very intuitive, very sensitive sick person who doesn't really fit into a classical mold, actually support myself in a way that not only helps me, but, you know, helps the community, like helps, helps our, our evolution, if you will, has an impact. So HBA then is the business training that, well, I, that I'd wish I had, but that came out of, um, Try and figure out how, as you said, to be practical embodied people who also, care about the spiritual evolution of our world. Sarah, there is so much that I even just want to unpack there. I completely agree with you. I spent a large portion of my teens and 20s suppressing my witchy and magical abilities because I had no reference for them in this life. I wasn't, they weren't nurtured. They were persecuted. And that's all I saw growing up. And so I think, I really feel like a lot of addiction comes from that when we get so disconnected from our source energy, because we're told that there's something wrong with it, you know, or when you come in as a kid that you feel very spiritually and energetic sensitive. And I used to say that too. And I'm now owning the shit out of it and saying, you know what? I came in energetically on point. The culture around me was fucked up. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, there are definitely folks and I meet them who were raised in different environments. I was not raised in an environment that I actually wasn't raised in an environment that was particularly religious, let alone spiritual. Um, I was not raised in an environment that was particularly attuned to my sensitivities. And I also have neurodivergent, was not raised in an environment that fully embraced that. And I think there's, you know, it, when your experience of the world is different than what you're told it is, right? When there's this cognitive dissonance between what your caregivers are mirroring back to you and what you know, stuff like using drugs and alcohol to suppress or any other coping mechanisms is an entirely reasonable response. Because the only thing you can do as a kid is say, well, there's something wrong with me right? The only thing you have control over is, is like, it can't be my caregivers because if they're wrong, then I'm fucked. Right. And this kind of is, is more of like a trauma theory thing, but it's like, it makes so much sense that we take that in and like, okay, I have to fix me because I need to be safe inside this environment. Right. And this is something I wanted to talk to you about. And there's so many facets to this, but we're basically bringing it out now, which is we have really been living in a one size forced all approach. 
And now I feel like the ground is like breaking. It's opening up, you know, as we're really facing our trauma, not just facing it, but unpacking it and realizing the root of the trauma. You know, I I loved it when I started seeing people share that marijuana is not a gateway drug or alcohol is not a gateway drug. Trauma is the gateway drug. And we've been bypassing the trauma the entire time and just telling people there's something wrong if they're addicted to something. I love that it is such a prevalent part of the conversation now. And honestly, I want to weave this in with what you do in business because I have goosebumps right now. That is so powerful. It is so profound for those of us that are witchy and spiritual and creators. And, and we are emanating the life force energy that's literally in nature. It's all around us. We are finally like bringing that up and through us. And we're doing that in business. And the one size force all approach does not work for that. The sacrificial life does not work for that. The fractured capitalist patriarchy does not work for that. And Sarah, what you are doing is revolutionary. So if there's anything there you want to like dive into, I would love to start that conversation. Oh yeah. Well, I love this, this one size forced all like, you know, uh, that's, hmm, there's like so many things I can say about this, but you know, I think ultimately, especially if we look through the lens of business, there are a handfuls of ways that you learn about business. You learn about business because your family's in business, right? So you have the, um, I would say privilege slash curse of having a family business that you are somehow associated with, right? You learn about business because you go and you go to business school, right? You make it, which is a very specific decision, especially in this place and time, both in terms of how much money it costs and the kind of education you receive. Um, maybe you learn about business because you and your friends decide you want to do something in your local community and realize you need to set up a business, or you end up learning about business often, um, sometimes just because you are excited, but often because you need to figure out how to make money. Like that's often one of the reasons that people learn how to like learn about business. And it's that last one that I feel like is extremely underserved because that's the place where a lot of us find ourselves where we're like, I'm creative, I'm intuitive. I like doing this thing. I, I want to try something different. And the education that's available there is extremely, or has been, and this has changed a lot, even in the past two years, which is amazing. Like when I started my podcast and started talking about this, like there were it was like a, a wasteland when it came to kind of spiritual entrepreneurship. And that's dramatically changed, which is amazing. And that's good because it means that there's even more options and like, you don't have to take my option, right? No one size fits all, but um, so many more options, but this, this, um, the education that was available was extremely replicative of the hustle culture that you see with more traditional business like school, for example, right? Like it was based off of the model of, of how, of like essentially the CEO model. And you know, we still run into that. Like I'm technically the CEO of my company. And every time I have to say that, I'm like, eh, like, I guess, but like that model of business, that corporate structure of business, which is what is taught inside of, you know, MBA programs was essentially trickling down to entrepreneurship programs for people in the online space and stuff. And like, that really doesn't work. Like unless you are somebody who is funded, unless you're somebody who um, wants to take your business public, which like, side note, I think like, cool, like totally cool. And some of you listening will decide you want to go that path. You'll decide you want to raise funds. You'll decide you want to go public or do or sell or whatever. But the fact that all the training was only focused on replicating this, like work really, really hard 
basically until somebody wants to buy your business. Like the goal is to like burn yourself out and get a massive paycheck on way out the door. That doesn't work for anyone who's trying to grow a business that's actually sustainable for them, not just now, but also in the long term. So I think that's that piece where it's like recognizing that business, as we've been taught, can be expanded to include a wider range of desires and goals and outcomes. And then along with that, personalities, ways of thinking, ways of living in the world. I mean, what that does is just like opens up. I mean, I firmly believe this, that very small businesses like what you run and what I run, we have such a direct impact on our communities. You know, we we have like the ability to be agile and responsive. And when we do hire to hire in new ways and to like, like when I make money, I go spend it at like the store right down the street, you know, like it's like very like local communities that happen. And business trainings that are like only from this corporate structure don't make room for that. That's my little rant. Sorry. I like, you've gotten me really passionate today. I am on fire. You're going to have to <laughs> shut me up if you, if you need me to stop talking. Well, you know, you know, I'm an airy stellium, right? I mean, oh, I will, are you? Yeah. I will stoke that passion. <laughs> I'm an Aries moon. So. All right. Yes. That's <laughs> a perfect fit because I don't, my, my moon's not an Aries. Okay. Yes. And not only that, Sarah, but you actually get to, I mean, this isn't a, a wild concept, but hopefully we're normalizing it. You get to live in ease and your birthright of joy. Yes. You get to live well. You get to live in health. We literally have been undoing everything we're doing to ourselves constant. It's like an everyday cycle. And that's why we're living in dis-ease and in discontentment. And then we leave the earth. Like, Ever since I was a little kid, I was like, I don't get it. You get scared, you judge yourself, and then you die. Like, I don't, <laughs> it doesn't I'm, I'm showing you now for listeners. I have a post-it note that says memento mori on my desk. Remember your death. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's really such a wild way of living. And, and it's not our fault. I mean, this is what we've been sold, literally, like that, that you're supposed to strive and strive and strive, and then you die. And I'll be, I'm going to be candid y'all. I haven't solved late capitalism. I don't have all the answers, but as somebody who likes both theory and praxis, I'm always, like you said at the beginning, curious about the practical things we can do now. And frankly, thanks to the internet, thanks to the suite of softwares that you can invest in for, I mean, you can run an online business for so much less than you could ever start an in-person business like brick and mortar. It has never been easier to create a business that can let you do what you love with more ease. You can automate stuff that could never be automated before. And like normal people can afford to do that. You don't have to buy like this crazy software or like build something custom. And that's stuff that just has, that's been in the past five, 10 years. Like these are new changes. This is a new world. So the fact that we can have businesses where we're having the impact we want, where we're working with people in the way we want, and that we, yes, can do that in a way that is filled with ease, where we don't have to wait until, like, I mean, retirement. I'm very much of a generation that's, like, assuming we're not going to retire. I, like, you know, that was pretty clear to us pretty early. I'm a, I'm a millennial. I'm going to put it out there. Oh, you know, I graduated college, right, like, in the middle of the, the recession in, like, 2009. Like, you know, I was like, this is great. Here's my future. Um, but that means if we are going to be working longer, maybe not. I'm open to the possibility that I won't be, um, thanks to the changes that we're talking about today. But 
Like I, I want to enjoy my fucking life and I want you to enjoy your life. And I want all of our customers to enjoy our life. I want our team to enjoy their life. So I think that like, we're at this amazing moment, both in terms of the like philosophy that's arising, the awareness of like, of just like the fact that we can all be different and that's totally okay. Plus the technology and the low cost of access to those technologies comparatively, it's an amazing moment, like a truly amazing moment for what you're talking about. It's, 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 it's wild to me. Like it's such an exciting time. Well, right. And not only that, but you, I mean, you do such a great job. Your whole team does such a great job of actually breaking down this, all these concepts, you break them down into bite-sized digestible pieces for people. Believe me, I have started my online business in the last, what, year and a half, okay? And wow. (laughs) I mean, I have been on the level of burnout so many times. And literally being a part of your community has given me such hope that the competition culture and scarcity culture never has. And when you feel defeated before you've even really dug in, then it makes it really, it makes it hard to even stay on point with your mission and stay passionate about your message. And so having people like you in your corner, I mean, for the low investment that it is, is absolutely, it's just exquisite. It, it really is. And it's, it's sustainable, like you said. And also, I wanted to say something else about it that um, you break it down, but you practice what you preach. Hello. Man, I sure try. Like always a work in progress, but I appreciate that feedback too, as, as you know, and you know, some of our longtime members know, I spent a long time reworking and expanding our kind of core content in there. And a huge thing that I tried to do was to synthesize. And this, like, this is one of my like unfair advantages is how my brain works. I am like very good at seeing patterns and trends and things. So I tried my hardest to synthesize like basically everything that I know (laughs) and break it down into those pieces and into the constituent parts. Because like you're saying, when it's bite-sized and you can actually understand, oh, this is why we do this thing. This is what this means or why it's effective. Then you can pick it up and turn it around and decide if you want it or not, or if you want to use it. You know, one of my big problems with a lot of introductory business trainings is that, and like to be fair, I have programs that do this, but they're very specifically geared towards that other programs, but is that they just teach you how to do what they did, right? It's like, here's how to do what I did. And I'm like, well, that's fine. But that comes back to our initial problem of being like the one size fits all, right? Instead of teaching, like, here's the things that make a business tick, which do you want to use? What's right for you to pick up? And, you know, that practice, what we preach, I mean, as Lori knows, like I rescheduled our recording for this last week, I was having trouble with my throat. I couldn't really talk. And I was like, like I had that moment. I was like, I can power through. And I was like, but I don't want to power through. I want to show up and be super fucking stoked. Like I am right now. Hello. Right. And, and that, you know, we do that as a team. We, we try to help y'all do it because ultimately like, you know, I've been there, like burning yourself out means that you don't get to help the people you want to help. You don't have the impact you want and you feel like shit, like no one wins. Um, so I'm like a huge fan of like pushing back deadlines, reassessing expectations, having clear communication and just like taking care of yourself. Cause we need your work. Like we all like th- at the end of the day, we need all y'all listening to like do the thing you're called to do. That is part of this like greater healing work in this world. I really believe that, but you can't do that if you are burnt out and sick and scared and 
yeah, and unable to, to do it. Yes, yes, yes. That is what I'm talking about. Revolutionizing and rebuilding this whole M thing, right? Because when we normalize it, when we actually celebrate it, then it becomes, um, it becomes a trend, right? And then it becomes accepted. Like, oh my gosh, my, my brain's like, ah, I have so many things to say. It's like pinging around. But um, y'all, even if you don't have a business yet, because I really do believe we're evolving back into the small businesses that we were made to come in and share. Yes. So if even if you don't have it yet, everything Sarah and I are talking about today can be absolutely interchangeable with your life with your life goals, with how you're interacting in the world. So just keep that in mind for the rest of the convo because yes. I'm about to drop it and say how important it is that we understand that you approach everything based on you, your experience and your uniqueness. And I want to bring a little witchy into this right now, Sarah, because honestly, until recently, I judged myself about, I labeled myself a procrastinator, right? And it would stress me out. And I would, but I wouldn't stop. I would always procrastinate and I'd always do it right before it's due or right before I need to have the deadline or whatever. I now know how deeply that is my Mars in Pisces. So when we actually start to understand our unique makeup, are you, you know, obviously if you listen to the podcast, you know, I'm like a huge astrology enthusiast, but obviously like we all come at it from the traumas we've been through, from our astrology, from our imprint in the world, from who we are made up of who we're meant to be. And that is where the magic lies. I think, you know, one of that is where the magic lies and that's where whatever it is you're talking about, whether it is work that you want to monetize, whether it's just how you want to interact with your family, your friends, your community, whether it's how you want to show up at your job. Right. And again, I business very much in the small business age is a mirror of the individual. So please take what you can, even if you don't have a business, I think a lot of this will still apply. Um, But, you know, that uniqueness, if you will, um, like that's what's actually exciting. And that's what I think creates what we actually need. You know, you doing the thing that you need to do the way you need to do it. The procrastination one is such a good example, you know, and I think that procrastination is something that I've struggled with as well, if you will. And usually it's not really about procrastination, right? It's about the, it's about our personalities, but it's also about the reward systems that we were, you know, given growing up. I find a lot of really brilliant people procrastinate a lot because there wasn't really any benefit to doing something faster or earlier. Um, or on the flip side, you know, holding yourself accountable to deadlines is challenging and that's okay too. And the cool news is like, just like you say, you can embrace that and you can also figure out, um, how to build a business that works with that. Mm-hmm. And often when we can release the charge of that self-judgment, it becomes much less of an issue. Like, I don't know. I know it's so easy. Like if you're looking from the outside in on a business, right. You're like looking on the outside. You're like, oh my gosh, they produce a content, like all this content. They're always on Instagram. They have a newsletter. They, they're making so much money. They, all these things, right. Or they, they release a podcast every week. And it's so easy to make assumptions about how that's happening. Right. You have no idea how people are doing what they're doing. 
even if they tell you, you still can't really know unless you're in it. So it's like all your favorite people may be procrastinating and blowing deadlines and you just don't know, right? Like they're, <laughs> like we hold ourselves to some crazy high standard based on the assumptions we're making about what other people are doing instead of looking and being like, how do I do this? So I'm curious, Lori, now that you could have embraced this, your Mars and Pisces, uh, what is your relationship to procrastinating now? What's happening? It's fantastic. I actually, there's no procrastination label anymore. I realized that that's how I work really well. So instead of, again, trying to force myself into this system where it's like, oh, I needed to do it a different way. I needed to have everything prepared. I'm better on the fly. I literally am. And I never embraced that before. And now I'm like, oh shit, that's how I shine. I love (laughs) that. I have a similar thing. I I procrastinate, but I realized after finally noticing what was happening was that I was often kind of thinking it all through and solving all the problems in my head before I did my actions. And now that's helped me be better because there are projects where I do need to be more planned because of the complexity at this point or because of the scope. And that's a skill that I'm developing as we grow. But a lot of projects don't need it. I just had to make a sales page. And I like, it took me, I don't know, I worked over in the past two days and it was kind of a pain in the butt because I didn't plan it ahead. But like, I've been thinking about it for months. So when I can't sat down to do it, I mean, okay, it's a little late because I needed it done today, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but it wasn't, but my work, my process often is taking in information and kind of like chewing on it in the back of my mind. I'm like, well, that's really beneficial to me because I've already kind of considered a lot of stuff. Great. You know? So I think it's just like noticing how we work and like the way you work isn't bad. It might just be different than what you've been told you're supposed to do. You're not in school anymore. Like you get to make the rules. So I love that you're, you're embracing that your, your fire. <laughs> yes. Well, right. And um, it's not even, it's actually the part that we've been, um, I don't know, I guess negating or bypassing is the fact that it's the energetic manifestation that's doing a lot of work. And we only see the linear production, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. when we get pen to paper, when we read the books, when we do the research, that's what's celebrated, like that kind of productivity And so now that we're understanding what like manifesting creatures we are, especially as we heal the trauma of these belief systems that weren't ever ours to begin with, now we realize that things come to us with much greater ease and accessibility, and then the projects automatically get easier. So I think for especially a lot of us, um, you know, spiritually attuned people, when we're trying to fit ourselves into this linear structure, I think that's where a lot of spiritual businesses had a hard time with that kind of box. And I, I've been able to straddle both worlds because I was, I got raised in a small business. And so all of my siblings run small businesses. That's just, it's in our blood, which I appreciate, (laughs) but also I never really understood how much I was doing and I was only celebrating the parts that actually didn't feel great to me. You know, that celebration piece. I mean, as you know, Lori, like we're big on celebrating. We're always asking you all to share your wins. And like we do a big giveaway every quarter to like bribe you guys to share your wins. And we love them all. But, you know, and of course, like we really, you know, we love all the wins. But I really love the wins where people are celebrating things that they think they're not supposed to celebrate. Mm-hmm. It usually starts like a, this isn't really a big win, but, and it's always something that to me is just so massive, but I took a day off this week and I really needed it. But I like blew off my launch to go play with my kid, you know, like or whatever it is, or, but like, I didn't get anything done, but I really enjoyed what I was working on. Right. And 
this is something I know I'm working on personally too. Thank you, therapist. This idea of really enjoying process versus product. Um, and you know, whatever that process is like back to our, you know, you're going to die. Like the time you spend doing stuff is your time. Right. right. So if we're only rewarding ourselves when we produce and only rewarding ourselves when we produce something that is going to be validated by others, which is what it usually is, we're missing out on like so much joy in creation. Like mm. I love making sales pages. I get to like tell an entire story and like kind of be creative and like figure out all this stuff. And I'm like, I actually really enjoy the process of figuring out what I think. It's almost like I'm mapping this whole system that I have in my head into something that is legible. And first it's legible for me and that figuring out of it. I love it. Right now. Do I love it when people go and they buy stuff on it? Of course I do. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) That's great. But I've gotten to this place where it's like, I like this romance with making sales pages and you don't have to love sales pages to have a good business. You don't have to love all your little business tasks. There's plenty. I do not, I assure you, but it's like, how can we give ourselves that space to be like, yeah, like this process, this energy, this, this pre-creation piece is just as important. And it really is because how you feel in the pre-creation is going to impact the result that you create as well. So we can like love it and enjoy it and be kind to ourselves through it. What you make is going to be so much more awesome. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know what? This podcast, when I started was so much dang work because <laughs> it's an interview-based podcast, right? And so yes. I'm vetting people. I'm making sure their energy is right. Then I'm sending them emails and enticing them to come on. And then I research them, blah, blah, blah. Point is... Yep. At one space in the time continuum, I was like, oh my gosh, wait a second. All of this is enhancing the shit out of my life because just by the process of what I'm doing, I'm learning about these people, their experiences. I'm learning about new subjects or subjects that I'm super interested in and I get to have a new perspective on it. And it's like I was growing at an exponential rate. And when I finally understood that, I was like, oh, it's not just about making the money. Right. And of course, like we all want our podcast to make money, but the money piece is a piece of the pie. It's a piece of the abundance, the holistic abundance experience. And so we really, as a culture, as we start to celebrate the holistic experience, then we, the money is going to come easier since we're not so focused on that one outcome. I love that you mentioned this because I think, well, first of all, like what a great way to reframe that experience. I'm spending so much time on this. It's like da 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 da. And where we can make it, no, this is like learning and enjoyable. And all of a sudden the same tasks change, you know? And, you know, I don't like, I'm always kind of wary. I mean, you know, I'm like the queen of nuance over here. And I'm like, I'm wary of people taking that as a prescription being like, I have to find a way to enjoy talking to the IRS. Like you don't have to, but if like you're doing something that you find that you're doing a lot and it's important to you, finding a way to love that process will only help you, right? Or at least to enjoy it or find like the key things that you like. Because yeah, I mean, running a podcast is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. (laughs) I I relate and I have help with it now, but I didn't for the first like (laughs) for a long time. Um, And, you know, it was a labor of love for a long time. But that piece about the money is so interesting because I think, you know, especially when we start a business, it's important for us to focus on money. I, I, I think a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs are, are very disinclined to, they're afraid to say they want it. They're nervous that that makes them bad, um, or greedy. And that gets reinforced, right? People are always like in the DMS. Oh, can I get a reading for free? Oh, my life is terrible. You need to help me for free. You're spiritual, right. Or something like that. 
And sometimes we can have a hyper-focus there, or sometimes we have no focus there. And I think one of the first things we try to do inside of HBA is to create a right-sized focus on money, right? Clarify what you actually need to make. Because if we don't do that, then it's harder to kind of have this this great um, emergent relationship like you're talking about. You're like, if I do the work and I do it well, then the money's going to come. It's like, we have to have this baseline of like, what do I need to do to get my needs met? Sometimes it's going to be having a part-time job or like when I was starting my business, I did a lot of contract work, like making websites and SEO and like stuff that honestly I hate, <laughs> like it was not great, but I was like, I need to pay my bills. Um, you know, we have this like reality check moment, but then we step into this place of like imagination and desire. Like, what do I want? What do I want to make? And how do I want to feel while I'm doing it? And I think, you know, we often don't get, and this is reinforced in our culture and also based on all sorts of things can be hard for you individually. So don't be, you know, don't beat yourself up if this is challenging right off the bat. Like we really underestimate our ability as humans to hold multiple truths as once. That's actually one of our greatest gifts. We can hold things that seem like they're in contradiction. We can hold the need to make money and the desire to let that flow naturally from us being engaged fully in our work. And we can hold both of those things at the Mm. same time. Or we can pick them up and put them down based on what we're working on, right? When you're pitching people to come on your podcast, may not be the best time to be hyper-focused on, and I really hope this turns into a lead and I get something from this, right? Because that's going to come through in your pitch and you're going to sound desperate and it's going to be sad, right? But it doesn't mean once you're done with that process, you can't pick it up and be like, cool, and I need three more clients to hit and rent this month, right? So we often kind of act like we have to like have everything like like always perfectly directed towards one goal all the time. It's like beliefs. One of my mentors says beliefs are tools. You can pick, like, if you start to relate, you can pick this up and like be focused on it now and put it down or hold things that seem like they don't work together at the same time. Your brain is pretty magical, y'all. Like it can do really cool stuff. (laughs) Right. And your entire sensory system is, I love that you said that Sarah, because I often, as an embodiment guide, I talk to people about this. Like we literally, you can be in wild grief. Like you can feel immense loss and pain and you can still laugh. Like you can actually move into joy while you're in grief. It doesn't negate your grief, you know, cause we'll like hold on to something and be like, no, I have to be grieving. You don't have to be anything. You can be adaptable and fluid and you can, you know, the more that you allow for that flow, the more you move through the things and get to the place where it feels much better and balanced, you know? And I think when we allow ourselves that magnificence, honestly, because we are fucking magnificent beings and we're only using a small fraction of what we're capable of. And when you allow that, like how beautiful, and how precious life truly becomes in that entire sensory system. Yes. And thank you for bringing it back to the body. You can tell from my language, I am like still very much in a place of like, I, I that like Cartesian separation is like something that's so deep in my whole how I was raised that I, I still am always defaulting to like your brain, your brain, like it's a separate entity. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, <laughs> part of the body. And yeah, I think our bodies are such a great example of that. As you said, I was like, who hasn't had the worst day ever or had something terrible happen and still end up laughing at something stupid on Instagram. And like that moment of self-judgment and we're just like, I'm not supposed to be laughing right now, but our bodies do show we hold different experiences all the time that seem seemingly disparate and incongruent, but they're not because they're inside of you. Mm. Oh, such goodness. There's so much. <laughs> I really want to get into this. 
So you do such a good job with people. I mean, I know I keep singing your praises and honestly, I cannot wait until I ha I just have the capacity for more time because I can't wait to dive so much further in, but I've been doing my own launches and my digital course and all of those. You've things. been busy. You've been doing amazing <laughs> stuff, Lori. It is so cool. You like, you did dive right in and you got what you needed and you got into action. So great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I'm just going to share this because I feel like it needs to be out there in so many ways. Sarah helped me when I was launching my live digital course. Now I'm going evergreen, so I'm going to launch it evergreen. Yeah, um, but she helped me to launch the live and she helped me in a way that my Ariesness does not like it when I don't get validated right away. Okay. And I'm sure some of you may feel this out there. So you go on a live, you share your heart and soul about something that you've created from everything that you are, every piece of your love and being right. And no one shows up to your live. <laughs> And there's crickets and you're just talking to yourself, which I don't, I do. This is why I love interview. I love the dynamic, um, energy that's created. And so talking to myself is like, uh, and it just, my passion just kind of, you know, it like yeah. goes down, but you encouraged me to show up, be consistent, do it every week. And I did. And I ended up getting someone in the course that because of the skills that she learned with her sensory system and embodiment system and her guides, like listening to her guides, she saved her house from burning down in the middle of the night. Wild. It's yeah. wild, Lori. That story it's, is like mind blown. Right. And like yeah. you are to thank for it. So you see how this goes through different energies. We are a community, you all. We are collective consciousness. And every part of your day, you are affecting people through not just your voice, not just your words. You're affecting them through your love, through your energy, through your care, even through your ability to withdraw and take care of yourself and have boundaries. You're giving them the opportunity to do that for themselves. Yeah. Of course. I love that story. And I'll say that you're responsible for that because you took action, but we don't have to fight back and forth on that. But, <laughs> but this is the ripple effect of small business, you know, that I think is something that is easy to overlook and easy to say, doesn't, you know, I think it's harder to quantify, right here. You have a great, you, you've got a great story here. So it's very easy to be like, look at this moment. Right. But that ripple effect of the impact of what happens when exactly that, when we are producing work and sharing work and sharing um, our skills and our gifts in a way that really supports us and overcoming those kind of fears of like, oh, I'm showing up and there's no one here. And to be clear, like I have definitely had Instagram lives with no one there. And like, not that long ago, this, like it happens. So just <laughs> don't, like, don't think I always have like these like popping lives with like hundreds of people on them. Not at all. Um, but that, you know, when we stay committed to that. We're willing to work through it and, and test and tweak and experiment and ultimately play. I'm crazy. I think like it, ex experimentation is just like play with measurements, right? Mm, it's like just yeah. playing, but like with like, you know, checking in about that. <laughs> and like, um, when we're willing to do that, then we do get these wild results, these wild like ripple effect ramifications. And that's what I hope we can do when we like activate all of these people who have this beautiful work that they want to share with the world. It's like, you don't know who you're going to help. You don't know who's going to be touched by what you do. And it's not always as direct as what Lori said. Sometimes I'll find out years later, somebody will be like, oh, I listened to this podcast episode of yours and it changed my life. And I'm like, you did? <laughs> 
listened to that. Like the number showed like five downloads, right? But right. no, but one person heard it and it changed their life. So it's, there's, you know, it's not always the most direct link, right? Where we can go, okay, we talked about something and you took action on it. And then this person saved their house from burning down like <laughs> wild, but it's possible all the time. And not just in business and just the way that we move through the world, but in business, it's so funny because we get this kind of quantifiable measure of impact through money um, and clients and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's, this is what's exciting to me. Like we are in a community and like what we do, I mean, what you do with your life matters, Phil. The fact that you are here matters. The fact that you are a human being having this experience with all of us matters. It's not just your productivity or what you have created or what you're putting out in the world, you know? And I also want to say, y'all just, and I'm working on this, Sarah, I don't know if you are, but keep reframing the belief that there's failure because you learn every time you get more information. And I love the way that you just put it into like playing with measurements because Mm. yeah, instead of looking at it, like if I don't, if no one shows up, then I've failed, you know, I've got my inner critic coming up and judging myself. No, you've just got more information. You got practice. Every time you go on video, you get more practice and you get more comfortable with it. That is a win in itself. You know, I, I mean, this is a constant thing for me. I think some of you, maybe some of you were, were raised in beautiful environments where failure was never a thing and you did not internalize this, but most of us did in some level, right? If you went to a traditional school or I mean, just like if you went to school, you went like school, school. I love education by the way, but I do have some problems with school, but we do get really negative ramifications for not being good at things right off the bat through a lot of parts of our lives. And that can be you know, different depending on what our backgrounds are. But, you know, I'm working on this right now. I'm, I put out a new offer kind of sort of today and I'm like really excited about it. And like, I've been in business for a while and I'm pretty confident, but I'm also like, but also no one could buy. It's happened before. I, I, <laughs> I often tell the story the first time we ran my group coaching program, the launch incubator and, or tried to run it and no one bought. Like I had a bunch of calls. I talked to people. I like was like, I was like, I'm in this nothing. Right. That's fine. We relaunched it. And I think had three or four people the second time, three or four people the third time, and then 10 people and then 10 people and then 20 people and then 30 people. And, you know, it grew, but those moments where we try something and it doesn't work instead of that feedback, exactly what you're saying that, Oh, I fucked up. This is bad. I'm bad. It usually ends up at the I'm bad place. I'm a bad person and should never do anything again. You learn something. I learned that, you know, I wasn't communicating about this correctly. Usually that's the issue if we have an offer that doesn't do well, right? There's something in the communication that isn't clear, that isn't meeting the need of the customer. Great. We can, we can fix that. Like that we can, we can do something about that. That, I mean, to me, that's one of my skill sets. I'm like, that's easy, but like, but it is, it's like that we can do <laughs> like you thinking that you are a complete failure and shouldn't make your work in the world. That's a much harder belief to shift. So yeah, failure is a constant one to get to play with. And I think like it's, yeah, it's feedback we learn. Yes. And the way that you're so realistic and authentic, your approach is, I can't even describe how almost perfect it is because you're kind of like, you you can kind of yell at people a little bit, you know what I mean? Or that's what it feels like where you're, you're like, Hey, if nobody's buying, then your offer's probably bad. And you're like, Ooh, like that stung just a little, but then you're like, and we can fix it. And that's exactly what we need. Like we need the truth. 
and we need the solution. Like we need the process, the journey, not somebody just being like, oh, it sucks. And then not giving any better feedback or support afterwards. And the fact that you're so dang authentic because it really helps people that are just starting out, especially in the online world, which is so noisy. You've got people out here telling you like, I just had an 11 K month and I just started my online business three months ago, or I just made a million pounds this year. I'm making oh, faces to this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Where that really comes from is there's a few things that happen a lot in business coaching and business advice. One is that, you know, you'll, you'll have somebody who, and I don't mean this as a criticism, like a judgment, it may serve where you are at a certain point, but I find it maybe is not as helpful as some other options. So sometimes folks are be like coaches or guides or business teachers will just be relentlessly optimistic, right? I have to break it to y'all. I'm not, <laughs> I'm more of an optimist than I ever have been, but I'm much more of, of a magical realist. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And I find that a lot of the relentless optimism is actually deflating because mm-hmm. it starts to feel like you're, it, it, it starts to feel like spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. It starts to feel like you're denying somebody's reality and you're telling them that, yes, you know, good vibes only, and then your business will grow. And it doesn't mean we can't have optimistic coaching sessions. And often I am more optimistic than the people I work with because I've seen the patterns and I'll have somebody say like, oh, like this many people saw this and only, only this many people bought. And I'll be like, that's a 20% conversion rate. That's in, amazing. Like I can provide context and like, I'll be the cheerleader. But like when somebody has something that's going hard, being like, it's all going to be okay. Like that doesn't meet people where they are. I don't think right. that's care. I think that can be very... I think that can be very demoralizing for people. So I believe in meeting people where they are and then we got to go somewhere. So it's like, if it's like, nothing's working, then I'm like, cool, then there's probably something wrong. And, you know, when it comes to like things like this insane revenue, what's so wild is like for the first couple of years of my business, I had such major imposter syndrome because I had never had a big launch. My revenue grew really consistently and was like very, became very steady. But I like, I still to this day have not had a launch I know some of these numbers are going to sound big to some of y'all, but like in the context of my business and like what people say on the internet, I think the biggest launch like revenue in the bank we've ever had was under $30,000 now. And that was for a big program. And that's, that's a lot of money. I'm still like, I can't believe we did it, but I routinely see my colleagues and peers be like 40, 50, hundred K launches, like, like whatever. And when I started teaching a lot of these business strategies, I think the bit most I'd ever made in a launch was maybe like $3,000. And I had students who were making more money than me all the time. I had the skills in the background, but like, I just never have had these like explosive launches or these like big, I've never gone viral. I've never had any of that. So I think that's also part of what I bring to it is just like, if y'all go viral and have these crazy launches, I am so excited for you, but I know that's not normal. And I know it's not required because my business success has been based off of like very consistent, slow growth Uh, or not slow, but just like not, I've never had that explosive, like yeah. Every time I see somebody be like, I've had a hundred K launch. I'm like, I know the math of it, but I'm just like, how did you even do that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and I see customers do it all the time. I have customers do that again, way bigger launches than me. So I think that's really the approach I try to bring is this kind of like, I hope it's like a delightful, magical realism, but like when we meet people where they are, whether you're doing spiritual counseling or care of some kind, whether you're doing like more therapeutic work, whether you're doing coaching, consulting, whatever, 
that ability to witness people in the moment, I think is one of the biggest gifts you can give people. And if you're in a role where they're there to shift that, then it's your job to help them shift it. If something's wrong with your offer. Like you already know, if you come to me and you're like, this isn't working. And I'm like, well, there's something wrong with your offer. It can feel a little stingy because we always want to hear like, oh no, everything's amazing. And it's just going to happen. But if we don't address the issue, we can't actually help you grow. So I'm glad that's helpful. I don't try to be as spicy as I am. It's not on purpose, but, but I also know that pretending everything's okay when it's not okay. I I think it's unethical to be honest. And I also, especially as a business coach, but I also just don't think it gets us anywhere. Right. But I will also cheerlead you hundred percent. If you just need cheerleading, that's fine. (laughs) Well, exactly. And that's the thing. We don't have time not to do this. Like we need the truth. We need to like come into full acceptance of the truth unpack it, look at it, heal it, be willing to go there with it and then move on. And having cheerleaders in in your corner is everything. Like the way that you and Marissa, I haven't worked with anybody else in your company, but the way that you really support and cheerlead everyone in such a personalized manner is- We love it. Yeah. I mean, that is where client retention comes in and that's where the results come in. I mean, I think that the key piece here is that we're in a moment where, where the the cult of individualism has actually turned into something. I mean, individualism being different than like you as an individual where like your hyper-focus on yourself only exists within the context of like achievement and being able to do that on your own. And when we start to grow a business, you are no longer doing it on your own. You can't do it on your own because you are necessarily in relationship with customers. It immediately changes the dynamic. And if you continue to do it through this individualistic perspective, you can, but you're going to end up with a business that is hierarchical, um, that is probably not aligned with your values, and that does not respect you or your customers. And one of the things I found the most powerful is that if we break out of individualism, but turn back to being an individual with your own needs, when you take care of that and you start to recognize how you caring for yourself is also helping you to care for your customers better and helping to model for them how to care in their communities better. Now we have concentric circles of care instead of an individualism approach to saying only I matter, but I matter only in this context of achievement. So I'm gonna suppress who I am but and, and and operate in a silo when we start to break that down which i think and i like i think a holistic business does then yes okay so this is a big one and we're we're coming down to the i'm like no i look at the clock but i really i think it's so important that we talk about this sarah because we've been talking a lot even just about our individual growth and like how we interact with our own businesses and our own messaging it doesn't have to be your business it's like your messaging in the world it's like your soul's calling to be here like what is it that you're sharing in the world right but this is so important and I feel like you touch on this a little bit with the whole money like you know how a lot of people are like money's energy money is not energy money is a construct of capitalism and how we've developed our belief systems around money and the trauma we've sustained around there is what's actually important but let's spiral that into I want to talk about conscious consumption Because without us actually being conscious the way we consume, are we going to consume from a small business? Are we expecting immediate gratification? Or are we honoring what these people need in their lives to be well and balanced, just like we need them for ourselves? And so once we start mirroring that and actually 
you know, walking our talk like you do so well, um, then we actually start to shift the culture. And then we don't expect people to be open 24 seven. We, you know, we, we honor the fact that they take time off, that they care for themselves and their families. So what are your thoughts on that, Sarah? My first thought, you know, I saw so many posts, emails, et cetera, this holiday season, especially from folks in the United States who run small businesses that have physical products, basically begging people not to be assholes to them. You know, with the supply chain issues, with the shipping issues, with the, like, you know, the pandemic, like a lot of supply chain there's a lot of problems and there were a lot of anticipated issues heading into the holiday season. And I saw all these small business owners just being like, basically being like, please don't be an asshole to me. I'm not Amazon. People were nicer things to that, but that was the key message, right? And it really, it really broke my heart. It broke my heart that we're at a place where people can't discern the difference between engaging with a giant corporation that has, I mean, I mean, something like Amazon, insane unearned resources at their disposal. I mean, what they're able to do is, is above and beyond. Um, and that even if everyone says they don't like it, they are still now have adopted this mindset that that's what a business is. And, you know, I think the first level of conscious consumption is, is maybe not even, you know, where you choose to buy from in the sense that for some folks like that is the only accessible thing, right? You know, I just moved from a place in Western North Carolina where there were towns where it's like the dollar general was all you got, right? And Amazon could actually get to your door faster than you could get to a major city and like buy what you need, right? Like access is a really key part of that. But this first level of being like, what am I engaging with? Am I engaging with an Amazon or a Walmart or a major corporation, um, which of course is also still made up of people, by the way. And a lot of those frontline people are people who have no ability to, to do other than they are in their jobs, right? They don't have a huge amount of power. So be nice to them. Um, but, or am I working, am I engaging with a very small business, right? And I see this a lot with like email response time stuff and like people just have these really unreasonable expectations. So I think that's like, we can ask ourselves that question, like who is behind this if I know, right? What am I engaging with? And can I temper my expectations in relationship to that? But I also think that as small business owners, we have, I'm going to say an opportunity to show a different way of doing it and to set expectations up front. So even though it broke my heart to see all those posts during the holiday seasons of people being like, oh yeah, don't, don't get mad at me. Like this is the shipping deadline and it's early because of all this stuff. On the flip side, I love them setting expectations because if we're clear about what you can expect from us, that makes it easier for people to decide whether or not they want to engage. I think that's like this first piece. The second piece though with conscious consumption that I, I'll be quiet, I wanna hear what you have to hear is that, you know, is the importance of recognizing that if we have the ability to choose where we spend our money, which not everybody does, but if we do, that's really powerful in a culture like ours. It's really powerful in a culture where that's basically the only thing that that seems to have an impact is money. So what we choose to do with it, or when we're able to choose to do with it, is remarkable. And like I mentioned, I was like, I make my money, and then I go to the bodega down the street and get an egg and cheese on a roll, and it makes me happy, right? And the person who runs the bodega and his family now have my money for the egg and cheese on the roll, right? Instead of going to, I don't know, McDonald's. Um, 
And I just think that, you know, we have, there's elements of like different elements of choice here, but what I'm so interested in for small business owners is like, how can we actually encourage conscious consumption by helping people to know what those expectations should be? I think we have an awesome opportunity to be educators there. Mm. And I mean, I want to give you a shout out right now because, you know, I see so much online now that I'm running an online business. That you do. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's a wild world out there. People will say anything. Oh, it is wild. Um, But the fact that you, I feel like you became a front runner and a leader in this. You literally took your platform off of the conglomerate. You left Facebook, you, you took it to an entirely new platform successfully. I'm going to add, cause I'm going to say when, well. you, when you first did that, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't understand. Because when you start an online business, everyone tells you, you need a Facebook group. You need a Facebook group. You get it hammered into you that the only way to be successful is to have a Facebook group. Right. And so I was like, oh my gosh, how's this is going to go? Because everybody's on Facebook and it's accessible. And I feel like it has been remarkable. I actually am more engaged with the group now that it's off of Facebook. So that's why I want to give it a shout out because we can have all of this fear come up in us like, oh, but this is tried and true. And this is the method that's always been used. And like, this is where millions of people are. Uh-uh. This is how we innovate. This is how we, we, um, expand this is how we grow and this is how we create new ways of being and new ways of doing business boom you know that was such a huge move for us and one of the reasons we were slow on it was simply just because of the logistics like i had to just be like this is a night it was a nightmare it was it was like a like a mini nightmare to move hundreds of people onto a new platform and something where people have to actually like say yes to it, if that makes sense. It's like, any, like, but you know, it, it's, I also, just to be honest, not to go do, way down the rabbit hole. I'm also like, I don't believe that there's any, um, on some level, I don't believe there's any conscious consumption in capitalism. So we're on a platform that I think is great. Um, they're a venture company, a venture funded tech team. They just raised a huge amount of money. I think what they're doing is awesome. I value the fact that, um, you know, our privacy is more clear. It's obviously ad free, which was a huge thing. Um, and it's newsfeed free, right? So you're only, you're, there's a whole level in terms of like what content we're consuming and other kinds of concept, conscious consumption to discuss. Um, but it's also still a trade-off, right? Like I don't have a recommendation for y'all of an online platform that you can run your program on that where the money is 100% traceable to a place that you're going to be happy with. I don't have that. But we do have things that we can do to lessen the impact or to at the very least, like in this case, create what we hope is a more calm and supportive experience for our members. Like that being my top goal there. So yeah, we left Facebook and Lori, I got to tell you, I have been on Facebook, I think twice since we did that to like check some things. Like I got a message and I was like, wow, I didn't realize how much time I was spending on Facebook. So I was always like, I don't spend that much time on it. And I really didn't, but it's so much better. (laughs) I love it. Isn't it like so liberating? (laughs) It is. And like, I also got to be honest, like we still use Instagram and we're going to keep running Facebook ads for now. Like that, you know, I'm, I'm all again, always in that gray area. Right. But at the very least, like thinking about how do we help our customers consciously engage with this program, right? Which one of the reasons like we built out, I mean, I, this is a skill I have, like I built a custom web platform for us. that's like very calm and clean and not a lot of bells and whistles. Like very, like, I wanted like people to walk, like to come to watch a video and just feel like, 
ah, okay, I'm not distracted. And I wanted that for the community as well. So at the very least, we can help to have people show up to their businesses and their work with some more eases too. Well, right. How do you bring an energy into like consumption? <laughs> and that's what I think into technology. How, we, you know, how do we merge these worlds? How do we integrate them together? Because it's clear we're not, we're moving forward in technology. Like it is a huge benefit to our businesses and the ability to work remotely and the ability to work from home, all of those things. Like there's always pros and cons to everything. The fact that I don't, when I engage on um, the platform you're on now, I don't get exhausted. I don't get overwhelmed. I'm not still inundated with all these messages that I'm not doing it right. Or I'm not, you know, I haven't gotten to this 11 K month that everybody else has. Cause those ads are constantly coming at me. And so you're, yeah, you have to, you're always like checking in. You're always like recentering yourself and finding your alignment yes. and balance out in this world. So I just appreciate the fact that you put so much care into that. You really care yeah. about the experience of your customer. So with the conscious consumption, I think this is what's important because I'm going to try to be really quick about this. The way that we've went through so much change and so much stress, and a lot of people have suffered greatly in the last two years. Yes. That is, that is truth. And there is in no way that you should dim your light because of that, because we need the light in order to raise the energy in order to hold those people, whoever they are that are going through the pain and the suffering, we need to hold them in the biggest bright light and love that we have. And so, you know, when we look at someone and we feel like we should stay small because they're hurting, the only way for us to actually, you know, hold them and, and lift them is for us to get bigger because that's how we help each other. Because at some point you're going to hit, this is the human journey. You're going to hit trauma and pain. And you want those other people to be emanating their light to hold you while you move through that place. Yeah, I think that's absolutely critical. And so often, um, I think especially, you know, especially women and, you know, folks socialized female are, have very much learned to be smaller around, around trouble to stay out of the way. Um, if we're a caregivers, that's it, right. There's like this very like culturally indoctrinated, like martyr thing that still kind of like comes along. And I think a lot, this is kind of within a different context, but of the work of Desiree Attaway, who does remarkable um, equity and inclusion work with businesses. And I definitely recommend checking her work out. Um, and she talks a lot about essentially like all of us getting free, everyone getting liberated. And I think it's really helpful to write, like to help us right size, you know, our role. And like, after, you know, with the past couple of years, I mean, it looks like we're going to have potentially millions of people who are now disabled as a result of um, complications and long COVID. And I know there's a lot of like stuff that we're still figuring out, but like we need everyone to come together. And that means not dimming your light. That means showing up. It means showing up for yeah. yourself and showing up for your community so that we can all thrive. And that is like one of the deepest lies of capitalism, right? Is that there isn't enough to go around. Mm -hmm. I picked up I keep trying to read it. I find economics fascinating. Um, and I keep trying to read this economics textbook that I got on the internet. It's like a, an open source textbook. And it starts with defining economics as basically the study of, um, you know, the distribution of scarce resources. The baseline assumption was scarcity. And I was like, I don't 
don't know if I can. I was like, I'm going to have to read an entire textbook with this assumption. And I'm still trying to because I think it's important. But that's one of the lies of capitalism. It's like, I love that meme that goes around. It's like we live on a planet that grows food and I have to pay taxes. It's like, so that that idea that there's not enough and that you have to be small and quiet, that, that's actually the complete counter. A life of abundance doesn't mean that your problems are all solved and that world hunger is solved and that nobody's sick. Like that's not the first step. The first step is being like, no, this is a world of abundance if we choose to show up in that way. And that's where mutual aid and community care and just and being like present and able to actually support each other because you are caring for yourself and you are showing up in that way. That that changes the world completely. Right. And that's where if you do have the privilege right now to make the choice to support small and local business, local farm foods that are in season, you know, if you have that privilege, use it. Because when we actually create that tidal wave, it changes things for the people that don't have that privilege right now. And, you know, even the way that Um, Sarah, you're a podcaster, so you know this. The way that we are rebuilding all of our institutionalized systems, and I'm just going to put out their education, I love it because now we're sharing free education all over the place. And then we have paid for offers. So if you have the privilege and the ability and you want to go further with someone, buy their offer. And then everyone gets to enjoy their free resources and their free shares. Yeah, I think that, you know, that's always been one of my foundational kind of online business beliefs. It's like the more money you're making, the easier it should be for you to make awesome free shit. <laughs> like you don't have to. There, and there are great business owners who I think are extremely ethical and values driven who don't have a lot of free content at this point. And I think that's fine. But like if you're someone who wants to do that, like you, you're a teacher, you're an educator, you're called to that. Awesome. But yeah, I think, you know, we, I think of that, we moved to a new neighborhood where I eat meat and there's a local butcher. And it's like just a simple difference of like going to the local shop, besides the fact that the quality is so much higher and the guys are awesome and will prepare it like exactly how I want it, which I didn't even know was a thing. Like <laughs> they were like, how thin do you want this? And I was like, oh my gosh. But you know, that like, those are like, I have the privilege to make those choices based on my finances and based on my location. Um, it doesn't have to be big, but yeah, like it's awesome. Y'all, how cool is it that we can all support each other and have an economy that is like increasingly built on, on, yeah, on community. It's great. Right. And even just supporting, you know, the policies and businesses that, you know, that they get holidays off, you know, that you don't expect the immediate gratification of like, no, I need to buy this the morning of the holiday be like, oh no, that's amazing. Like, tell the business how happy you are that they care about their their employees in that way and just that you know you don't have to have money to show your support and energy in this tidal wave of revolutionizing and rebuilding this world boom I love it (laughs) (laughs) I know we have to go oh my gosh Sarah I feel like I only got to half the outline because (laughs) I knew I was like oh she doesn't even know what's coming (laughs) no this has been absolutely fantastic I feel like you've got to touch on a lot of things that hopefully open some doors to possibility and you to find that place where you, whether you're a business owner or not, can figure out where you have agency in these situations, what choices you can make. It is so easy to feel disempowered. And, you know, often we are, um, but not always. <laughs> and I think that one of the most powerful things we can do is just that, is to figure out what can we do um, and how can we 
shine and share and do our little part to enjoy this life and change the world. So not yes. a bad episode. <laughs> yes. Um, Hey, before we go though, real quick, I do like to ask everybody and, um, you know, you can even just throw out a name if you don't want to go into why, but who would your dream guest be and why? Ooh. Um, so I did think about this in advance and, um, I think that I would like dream guest because she was one of my favorite guests. So I'm going to pass her along to you. Um, but also because I think that it builds off this case, this conversation so clearly is Shauna Bryant. Are you familiar with Shauna? I'm not. Shauna runs the Breath Liberation Society and is one of the people who I think does the most remarkable job of balancing, um, balancing essentially like social awareness and social justice and business. And Shauna creates work that has massive impacts on communities, um, but also like takes care of herself. And when I think of her, someone I've had the privilege to support and I call a friend, but when I think of like who is really embodying conscious business right now and like doing bold, exciting things to train like the next wave of, in her case, particular like breath workers, people who are going to be doing, you know, breath work training and like helping people to heal in that way. I love how Shauna runs her business. I love how she, she brings in like so many people to work on her programs and like all of this collective support. And I think that if you want to go deeper into conscious business with somebody who is not a business coach, but is like operating a business in that way, you got to talk to Shauna. I love it. Yeah. The inspiration, you know, just this, the connections that are made and the inspiration that we get from each other is so incredible. Sarah, so cool. I cannot thank you enough for your time and your energy and your presence. I mean, you are a wealth of knowledge and being the way that you are in the world, honestly, is such a gift. And it's a gift to so many of us working through this journey of especially online business. So I want to thank you from all of us for sure. Thank you for your kind words. You have made me blush several times during this recording, um, but I really appreciate, you know, I appreciate the feedback and I appreciate the kindness as any small business out owner out there knows, you know, a lot of time you're kind of working in the dark and the only feedback you get is sales. And it's, um, it means a lot to me to hear that. So thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to come and speak with you and share. This has been such a treat and just such an enjoyable and rich conversation. Yes. Tell everybody where they can find you. I mean, you've got all kinds of goodness out there. <laughs> you know what? Come on over to holisticbusinessacademy.com. That's the place to start and the place where you'll be able to stay the most up to date. That's where you can learn about our free offerings, learn about our products, check out our podcast, which we're going to be relaunching soon. And um, yeah, just get start to get some support. And if you, you know, you like this style of, of business talk, then you'll be in the right place. I mean, that's the thing, Sarah, you put out there so much that makes it an easy yes. And I find that there's a lot of business coaches out there that they're just kind of putting shiny objects out, but they're not giving any substance. And you give so much substance to your podcast. I listened to quite a few episodes and I, I checked in, you know, I waited for my energy to really feel if it's going to be aligned because when you start business, you don't usually have a lot of capital to invest in things and you're being told to do that. And so, yeah, I just, it, it was an easy yes. When the time came, when you opened the doors, 
I feel like aligned launch strategy is a whole other podcast episode, but I, I, I appreciate that. And I think ultimately, you know, I think it comes back to that authenticity, which you said, and it's like, I think that's what each of us can carry forward in our businesses. If you show up as somebody who loves your work and wants to help people that shines through, and that's not the same as exploiting yourself and creating so much free content that you're exhausted and that you're not getting paid and not charging, you know, it's simply figuring out, honestly, like what is the easiest way for people to hear your message that like works for you? Um, and over time, probably not in like 10 days or whatever that ad is telling you, but over time, your people will find you, they will find you and they will resonate and they will be excited to invest. So I appreciate that so much. That's the perfect ending for an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Sarah. Uh, we'll see you next time y'all. Cheers. And with that, let's normalize the struggles, celebrate the quirks and lean into the light. From myself and Beezus the Brave, Happy Wild Heart Revolution, friends.